Julie at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 232 of Dogcast Radio, which focuses on red light therapy. Visit dogcastradio.com for a profusion of pooch programs, well, lots of other episodes anyway. Later on, we'll hear how Anna Webb uses red light therapy with her dogs. I then used it on Molly to help her spondylosis and she she became so sprightly and well. It was um, fantastic. And how Yaz Porritt uses her red light photizo device with her own dogs as well as those she treats. I love the photizo because it's chargeable, handheld, you can put it in your pocket. You know, even when I go out with my own dogs, you know, they're not working dogs, they're pet dogs. But if we go on a, you know, a massive adventure walk, I've got the photizo in my backpack, any slip strips or bumps, you know, if anything happens, it's there, I can just quickly get it out. But before all that, we have an informative interview with Ruth Milner about red light therapy and all the ways it can help keep your dog in the best possible health. And there's a scientific word for light therapy. You know, I like a bit of science. So we're going to talk about photobiomodulate. Ah, I can't say photobiomodulation. There you go. I can't say it. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. Thank you. That was that's not bad for me at this time of day. Okay, so Ruth, you tell me because you're the expert. What is photobiomodulation. Photobiomodulation is the scientific term that's been given to the use of specifically red and near infrared light, which Mm -hmm. is a a, one type of light therapy. Yeah. And it it, its effects in the body are through a non-thermal, um, non-ionizing effect at a cellular level okay yeah and i mean it's that's the science that's great (laughs) so (sighs) what what kind of effect does it have i mean and and so what conditions would that be used for well it can be because it works on us on a a cellular level to increase the production of cellular energy Hmm. it can be you know, used for so many things yeah. because it, it stimulates all the natural healing process from an initial trauma, you know, whether it's as a result of surgery, age, disease, injury or anything. It will help to boost the body's own natural healing ability. Excellent. Uh, and also it's been recognised to be very effective for the management of chronic degenerative conditions and especially, you know, obviously conditions where you're in constant pain, arthritis and joint degeneration. So obviously, you know, once people get their heads around the fact that it works on a cellular level and you're just, you're just increasing the body's ability to produce energy, you'll actually, it would help you to realise that the uses are pretty endless really. Yes. And the scientifically... Hmm. I believe we we were really only scratching the surface. Although the the mechanisms have been identified, or the main primary mechanism has been identified since 1995. Yeah. So 25 years later, in in some of the literature, it's still the the the, the, the academics are still saying it's it's breakthrough yeah. therapy, but it it isn't. It's just taking quite a while to yeah. get acceptance. But it's got phenomenal uses and 
we know the physiological effects, mm. but where the science is, is recognizing that there's potentially um, more um, more effects that, to help with calming and even perhaps behavior so yeah it's a, a, a widely used and incredibly versatile therapy which is non-invasive drug-free perfect yeah and I'm, I'm assuming there's sort of not very many if any side effects no no yeah. they're, they're the side effects are, are, are pretty non-existent to yeah. be honest yeah. the only um concern and perhaps slight misinformation that has come from some of the literature is that if you overdo it on the on the the actual dose level onto the body you can perhaps overstimulate Hmm. um, trauma especially open wounds because it's a superficial condition and the I've heard many people say, oh, well, you can do damage with it. Well, no, actually, you can't do damage. But with an overstimulation effect, what you're doing is you might be perhaps inhibiting the the actual healing. But what you are getting is very, very good pain relief because it's inhibiting pain. Yeah. So you can't do damage in the sense that um, – you will make things a lot worse. You might just not get the optimal healing that you would get if you keep to the the recommended dosage. Yeah, yeah. But that that sounds like you're diverting the body's energy into just another way. So, you know, overall, yeah. the recovery is still happening. So, so, I mean, and that's that's fascinating hearing you talking about degenerative diseases or arthritis, because my Labrador, when he was older, he did have just a touch of arthritis and he had a de- degenerative spine condition. And, you know, I know how helpless I felt that I couldn't actually do anything. You know, well, I did some things. I gave him supplements and we put carpet down on the floor. We did, we did everything we could to help him. But, you know, there's no fix. There's no magic fix for that. So if this was another tool in my repertoire, if you like, of ways that I could help him, that would have helped him, but helped me feel better that I was doing something for him. So I can imagine that's very powerful, isn't it? Oh, incredibly. And what's lovely about it is it's great one-on-one time with your yeah. animal and, you can start to use this type of therapy to become, I think, a lot more intuitive and connect with your animal because once you recognise the fact that they are visibly relaxing and it's calming them down and they work with you to often show you where they where they want you oh, to use the unit. Yes watch we get that from horses as well and you know some other animals I mean my elderly cat she's sometimes she she's very keen on having it and she'll purr away and she'll be happy to lay there where there's other other times she'd say no 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 I don't want any more of that today but dogs especially I think are very receptive to the calming effects and you know, when you, you're maybe having a massage yourself and you're, you're having some wellness therapy and you just take a deep breath and it's, it's lovely. And yeah. that's the sort of response you see, um, especially for dogs that are in quite a lot of discomfort yeah. and um, they really appreciate what I you're bet. giving them. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that's lovely, actually. I, I do like the fact that the, the animal can sort of go, oh, do it here a bit, or or can walk away and go, no, I'm, I'm not in the mood today. And that's, yeah. that's really, again, that's a huge step forward, I think. Anything that allows us to listen to what our pet is trying to communicate to us is great. Mm. And anything that empowers them to sort of say no and make choices, that's going to make them happier, isn't it, as well? Absolutely. Yeah. And using it in that way, I think for for a pet owner is exceptionally important. It's so you get far more out of the therapy by observing your your animal, your your dog. And you can't force the therapy on them. Yeah. And I obviously understand in a professional situation where time is limited, the practitioner might be working on a specific injury that they've been called in to actually work on and help with the healing. But it's but the benefits of using red light go far beyond just actually applying it onto a trauma that's been diagnosed by, by the vet. Hmm. And obviously there's lots of inflammation around any trauma and that's really where the red light is exceptionally good on a non-invasive level it really helps to get on top of the information help reduce pain sometimes within minutes so it helps the therapist get on with any other manual and tissue work that they might want to do whereas before they use red light they can't necessarily get their hands on that animal with a couple of doses of red light hopefully you know that will calm everything down and then they can go in and they can do some deep tissue work with a, with acceptance from the animal because yeah. they are much more comfortable but you know what's great for the owner to do is perhaps you know consider using that therapy in between professional treatment sessions and they can really help to utilize it on all the other areas that that get a little bit tight and and where tension builds up because they're compensating for an, a, a particular site of an injury yeah yeah you can get the best out of the, the therapy using it in that way it's not just for a reactive therapeutic um, intervention it's for a, very much for a proactive use yeah yeah so I mean listening to that say if you'd got a dog that you were you were doing quite high level agility with or you know um, fly ball or something where they're getting quite quite a lot of stress and strain on on their little bodies as they run back and forth and, and whatever then this could benefit them as well doesn't it, it doesn't have to be a, a dog with an an injury yeah. does it yeah absolutely and that's how it's uh, becoming to be embraced by a lot of people with animal athletes not not just agility but we we had a fantastic um response i think right from a go it, with the sled dog community oh wow yeah yeah one of the we got on board with one of the biggest Siberian husky racing teams in the country in the uk Excellent. as yeah. hasn't jones they've got well i think they had about 20 top level competing Siberian huskies yeah and Part of the um, the reason why they have been so successful is is everything that they do in between all the training sessions and the, and the com- 
competition. So, you know, your mass is your massage and making sure the dogs are, are checked over on a regular basis with their, you know, with a, a physio or, or a professional therapist to make sure, you know, nothing's sort of gone out of line. And also, you know, embracing all the sort of home devices that they might be able to use to complement everything else that they're doing. And, and the red light really uh, excited them once I went through all the effects that, that you get with it, which includes, you know, the increased energy. It helps with the lymphatic system. It helps with all the blood or the circulatory system, blood flow to help oxygen and nutrients get into the muscles Mm-hmm. And especially post-exercise, clearing all the, the lactic acid that might build up in, in and other chemicals that build up to make muscle sore after intense exercise and that sort of thing. So, yeah, they, they soon really found that it was highly beneficial for their, their canine athletes. Yeah. And, and, therefore, and they, they raced together in, you know, a big, in big groups and so the the word passed on very very quickly to the rest of the teams with multiple dogs so yeah we initially had a great breakthrough with the the um the mushing community so yeah. canny crossers um bike drawing um you know your, your sled dogs and obviously it widely widely used by the agil- agility competitors yeah um so yeah we we They've they've really embraced the fact that they can use it not just when they they unfortunately do suffer injuries because they're athletes but yeah they they recognise the value of it to just help warm them warm the muscles up yeah yeah very important and part of the cool down and if they've got any dogs that have suffered previous injury spots where you know there might be nigg- ongoing niggly things yeah. they just it proactively to help with the mobility of the the injured area and you know it does seem to help prevent flare-ups yeah. and the thing is you know when you've got a canine athlete that's what they do and you want to keep them in that sport for as long as possible yeah definitely i'm thinking as well while you were talking working dogs who are on their feet all day you know sniffer dogs or guide dogs or anything like that <laughs> it might be really beneficial for them as well mightn't it yeah course because the thing is it costs so much to train these animals um even if you're you're uh, in a sport amateur you know as an amateur you know it still costs a lot of time and and you know the a lot of these um these people compared competing in sports they're self-funded yeah so yeah a lot of a lot of lot of work and time goes into actually getting these these animals and the into peak condition and you know you you work you guide dogs your assistance dogs for example they still suffer from perhaps arthritis maybe maybe sort of a fairly young age and and it's really important to keep these dogs going as for as long as possible yeah yeah Um, definitely so yeah certainly we've found with with the the sled dogs because they they race at veteran level as yeah. well i mean some of the dogs i think are still maybe 10 and 11 years old and they might start to be getting a few little arthritis bits of arthritis in their, their feet toes yeah. and 
yeah so using a red light on a regular basis will still help them to to do what they love doing obviously on a lower level but it it still keeps them a lot more comfortable yeah because yeah, i'm say that kind of dog still has the drive to to have a job to do something don't they even though they're getting a little bit older so they do do still need something some outlet don't they yeah you oh. see that especially retired agility dogs when they're they're on the um the side of the the ring watching their younger mm. <laughs> yes. younger dogs go <laughs> bless them bless them so you can go and see a, a, a red light practitioner or you can get your own red light, can't you? So you can go and see whether your dog or other animal likes this therapy, whether that their condition responds well, check yeah. it out. And then you can get your own um, device, can't you? Yes, yes, you can. So if anyone has ever been offered a laser therapy, of course, a laser therapy session, uh, sessions with their vet practitioner, they, in vet practices, they obviously have much bigger, more expensive systems which is delivered by laser light low level laser or even a a higher type of laser and there's all sorts of training for professionals with those devices no they they can't be used by pet owners so we're lucky where where the um the light technology is moved across to light emitting diode led light Mm -hmm. that's doesn't have any risk with regards to you know pointing it into eyes yeah and you know being possibly damaging the the eyes so the the the, the new generation led technology has been highly developed for home use as well as in some of the the probes that you might see in in practices with with the the laser yeah. But um, the actual light emitting diode devices are really more, far more suitable for your, you know, if, if you've got a situation where you, you ideally need to use it at home on a regular basis because you still need to go for laser therapy on a regular basis. It's not to be confused between the, the, the different types of, of, of light. Yeah. The LED yeah. is not laser. Yeah, but it, it's you still get all the effects, and it's a cost-effective alternative to perhaps having to take your animal for laser therapy sessions. Yeah, and also it's it's perhaps a little in some situations with some animals that get very stressed <laughs> being yeah. taken for veterinary practice. It, it is a great alternative. Yes, definitely, definitely. But and you find generally that the animals sort of relax into it and just accept it, and they're happy with it. Do you? Yeah, but very. There's occasions where I think if you get sound sensitive animals, they with one of the particular machines that I'm involved in, which is the Fertizo brand, to help people deliver a proper timed dose in accordance with the research. It beeps, it comes out with a little beep when it turns on the dose, and then beeps again when the dose finishes after 31 seconds yeah so that beeping it, it i mean it isn't over loud but there are highly sensitive animals that that you know are don't like the the beeping to begin with yeah um, 
and in extreme circumstances, the beep can be taken out if yeah. if you want to. But the vast majority of of dogs are very very receptive to it. And yeah, will gladly accept the the therapy and sometimes you know they don't want you to stop (laughs) I can imagine (laughs) oh I love it so what I mean while we're talking about obviously we're talking about dogs but what kind of animals has it been used on to your knowledge well it's been used on right in the early days um the manufacturers that that developed for Tiso they they had it being used on uh, on marine animals you know seals and Hmm poorly penguins because it, it comes from South Africa at SeaWorld in Cape Town but it's been used you know across the board on all sorts of zoological exotic species as well as your, your box standard domestic pets yeah. your livestock horses yeah. and donkeys we've we've had a great story from horse and uh, donkey trust in Gambia yeah uh, Brilliant. And uh, yeah, we've we've just had actually had a, a lovely article come out from one of the girls who does a lot of work with camphor animals, and she's used it successfully on her guinea pigs. Oh, lovely! Oh, <laughs> but they're squeaking away and happy. Oh, well, yeah, that, that that's the thing. Actually, the um, Yaz from Yorkshire Pooches Therapies, she incorporated it with her myotherapy and her massage therapy on her elderly guinea pig and they get arthritis as well but uh-huh. what she soon realized after maybe about two or three days was the the increase in her guinea pig's activity and actually she she described um the i don't know if you've ever seen it but guinea pig guinea pigs popcorning Pop- yes yes yeah well her guinea pig hadn't probably behaved in that way. She hadn't done any popcorning for yeah. probably, you know, almost a year or so. But all of a sudden, she started doing it again oh. after two or three days of the red light. Wow. The joy of life had come back. I mean, that's brilliant, though, isn't it? That's a practical demonstration of it's actually working for the animals. There's no, um, um, what's the word? Uh, that's the one. Thank you. Placebo. Yeah, <laughs> I placebo. kept thinking flamingo. That was all I could get. Okay, placebo. <laughs> it's not a placebo effect, is it, with the, with the animals? It's either there or it's not. And that's not an interpretation. If they're not popcorning and then they are, that's a, a, a you know, you can see that, can't you? There's no argument. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the feedback that we've got, for, especially from the owners that have, have really embraced it on their elderly animals, I mean, you soon notice that yeah. if they're in pain, the the dogs will not necessarily be able to get up on the settee if they're allowed and, and cuddle up beside you. They really kind of isolate themselves and they, they, they stay away and it's almost like sometimes they don't want to be touched. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah some of the stories that we've had from owners where, you know, they've they've seen that their animal has deteriorated in that way with with a couple of days sessions using it on you know real inflamed areas, stiff joints, mm-hmm. and maybe down the spine around the, the neck and that sort of thing. They they it's like they get their old dog back again, and yeah. it's 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 lovely to hear those stories. And you think, oh, you know, this stuff is really doing some good. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's the real life stories that that 
keeps us going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? When you see that you're actually touching other pets' lives and, and improving them, that's that's what makes it worthwhile, isn't it? It's lovely. Have you used it on your own animals? Yes, yeah. yeah. We have a working, well, it's not a, a full working, but it comes from a working lines, Cocker Spaniel. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's, he's, he can be, he loves to be athletic, but he, he does get a little bit of hypermobility. Yeah. And uh, overstrains his hip, you know, especially his back legs sometimes where he'll pl- be playing with other dogs or he gets taken out by other dogs. You know, oh. They play rough. Yeah. Um, and it, the thing is, you know, when they do hurt themselves in that way, they don't notice it necessarily when they're actually playing because yeah. the adrenaline is kicking in, but it's afterwards, you mm. know, and, and you can actually see that, oh, God, oh dear, he's overdone it a bit. And so, you know, yeah. and he asks for, for Tizo. He's had, yeah. you know, and he doesn't leave you alone oh. until he's had maybe a 10, 15-minute session all over and then he can chill and relax and goes to, off and goes to sleep. Oh, bless. We also have to use it because he's, he's unfortunately one of those spaniels that's uh, been diagnosed with a condition called cups, yeah. pain and ulcerative Peridental, yeah. um, periodontal. So it's it's where the um, it's an autoimmune condition that they're potentially born with, where their own immune system uh, attacks the plaque that builds up on their teeth. So we have to obviously adopt a very you know comprehensive dental regime and brush his teeth every day. But you can't. The thing is, it, it's unfortunately a condition that you can't cure you manage it mm. and we don't like to put him on medication so we have to keep on top of the formation of the plaque but his gums at times do get very inflamed and, and red so we we use it on you know his tmj and down his jowls and front and he's you know that that really just keeps the, the inflammation under control so there we are using it on a you know, for, for general maintenance yeah. for a condition that we really don't want him to go on any kind of medication. And, you know, even brushing his teeth, they can, you know, is it for anyone that's suffered from a mouth ulcer, which is what happens when yeah. it builds up, that all these ulcers form on their gums. And sometimes the only way to cure it is by having the, the all the teeth out, which is really... Oh, yes. Thick. So yeah, in the heat, he really appreciates the oh. fatigue on it on his gums, and he, he his eyes just shut, and he just sits there and oh. laps it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we use it on our elderly cat. She's Ooh. sixteen. You can see that you know she's she's lost muscle mass around her back end. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and also we do use it round her head. Um, around her neck because um she does show signs of a bit of kitty dementia at times oh. and gets orientated and based on the fact that there's there's some pretty comprehensive studies going on in the human world hmm. um using it for um patients with parkinson's with very promising results i think there's another study going on now where they're using it on, on you know cranial red light 
um, for dementia patients. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while for the results of those studies to come out, but the you know the potential of of using red light as a as one treatment approach is is really promising. And yes. the state physio with the physiological effects, we know what it how how it assists the body to heal itself. Yeah, but you know with with establishing the right level of dosages we can really it's one non-invasive and very very risk-free approach for many many other conditions as well as helping with on a proactive level helping with elite level athletes to you know keep them going and help reduce muscle soreness after exercise and competition there's actually some evidence to show that if you pre-treat before elective surgery that you are helping to prepare those cells for for the trauma so it gives gives all the healing process a a bit of a head start a bit of a kick before the surgery takes place so um if you've got a dog that is going in for surgery it's um, not only beneficial to perhaps think about investing in in one for the healing post surgery, but also perhaps do some doses beforehand. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Because again, that's a situation where you you think, what can I do? And you find out what you can do, and sort of you know you mm. can you can. One of the best advices before um, surgery that I was given was wash the dog, wash the blanket in the back of the car because that's how, that will have germs on it. But if you can do that yeah. and then prepare them like this as well that's even better isn't it yeah yeah I mean with it with it you know because it will help with the pain relief for start yeah right po- you know the, the the initial post-surgery pain obviously it, it can be used alongside most medication it doesn't interfere with any any medication whatsoever and with some of the natural remedies you know with with some yeah like essential oils for example yeah and enhance the effect of the absorption of essential oils yeah Um, so yeah yeah it fits it fits very well alongside any medication yeah yeah there's so many applications for it and you've 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 done a great job of telling us all about it and the the conditions it can be used for and the effects on the animals that's been brilliant is there anything else that you'd like to say that you haven't had a chance yet all I would say is that there's there's so much um, information now online about the wide uses of red light and the potential of red light. Unfortunately, it's still one of those modalities that really you you will never get to hear about from mainstream yeah. health yeah. professionals unless they've already invested in it. But the, the way it's going is that, you know, it, red light is not just here for use by the health professional. It is so, so safe. And it's here in a technology that can be really embraced by the home user. And that, I would say, is really exciting for the future for people who have animals that, that really are looking for a very very much a a more holistic approach to managing say chronic conditions or you know to to help them recover from injury yeah uh, a lot lot quicker or where you know things aren't 
going quite to plan with how you know treatments are going from you know if they they are have already been diagnosed with a a condition so yeah. yeah do your own research because there's tons online you just have to search for red light therapy and um there's lots of books you can buy yeah that have been published in the last couple of years but don't just go and buy anything because you know it is all about looking for the, the the machines that have got the right sort of wavelengths you know you ideally you want red and infrared wavelengths you also want a device that's got enough power to deliver an effective dose in a, a reasonable amount of time because you don't want to be applying something to your animal for 20 minutes you 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 want it to deliver a, an effective dose in a reasonable reasonably quick time because otherwise they'll get up and go away and you know perhaps get bored so if you really want an effective device for all sorts of conditions it's I would say do your do your homework before you invest yeah um and um you know read up about it and don't necessarily rely on advice from your the, the health you know, maybe maybe your vets, because then you know they're they're so pushed for time. They don't necessarily know about the new generation LED stuff coming along. They know about low level laser, but they don't know about the efficacy and the you know the the good results that you're getting now with with modern LED, new generation LED light. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a bit of a yeah. Do your own research. Definitely. Make sure that you're investing in something that's going to do the it's going to do what it says on the tin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It always comes down to do some research, doesn't it? Whether it's red light therapy or training or getting a dog in the first place, do some research and, and know yep. what you should be doing. So your website would be a good place to start that research, wouldn't it? So what, what's your website? As as an authorised distributor of a, a, a very, very good device that's widely used by professionals and home users, go to, in the UK go to www.daintreehealthproducts.com and Daintree is D-A-N-E-T-R-E healthproducts.com. So Fertizo and red light therapy can be part of keeping your dog or other animal or yourself happy and healthy. We have all the links Ruth mentioned on dogcastradio.com. Anna Webb is a well-known name in the UK dog world and she loves red light therapy. Well, my journey with red light therapy actually began with Molly, my first miniature bull terrier, mm. uh, who suffered from uh, a common problem with bull terriers, actually, which is difficult feet. And mm. her front feet had always been a problem in that they were slightly too small for the size of her body. It is a conformation problem with bull terriers. So over, over the years, they became crumpled, really, mm. with very thick 
crusty skin that absolutely nothing could get rid of. Vets call them corns and vets can't offer anything for this. Over the years, I even went to huge expense with the Davis practice up in Hertfordshire to have plastic surgery done on Molly's feet to cut bits of skin away, Yeah, which they thought was the, the way to go. Sadly, everything only got worse because, of course, doing something like that, you're treating the symptom Mm -hmm. rather than the cause, which, of course, after pursuing my study with the College of Integrated Veterinary Therapies, I learned even more what I'd been learning under the guidance of some great holistic vets, including Richard Allport, and most recently with Shropshire-based Barbara Jones of the Oakwood Practice, who still remains now today my holistic vet. You learn about the cause of disease, really. And um, that's the main difference between holistic medicine and conventional medicine. The latter treats the symptom and the former treats the cause. Okay. So I learned about this amazing animal physiotherapist that lived in my neighboring village when I lived in Buckinghamshire for two years. Her name is Sherry Scott, MBE. She actually is one of the founders of animal physiotherapy. And way back when, uh, you'll remember when the IRA bombed all of the horses in Hyde Park and one horse survived called Sefton. And it was Sherry who brought Sefton back to life, really, with her physiotherapy. Yes. Anyway, um, hearing about Sherry, I obviously booked an appointment to take Molly to Sherry. And it was Sherry that introduced me to red light therapy and indeed blue light therapy at the time. And she introduced me to this wonderful device called Fotizo. So I obviously invested in my own Fotizo and we pursued the healing of Molly's front feet. Because you remember, Molly would have been about 12 at this point, And I'd made a promise to her that I would fix her feet, which were really becoming quite a disability for her, to be honest. She was finding it hard to walk because her front feet were so sore. And, you know, conventional vets had offered various things like steroid cream and the likes, which, you know, I'm not a, a, a super fan of, to be honest, again, because of this symptomatic issue. I knew they weren't going to really fix Molly's feet. Lo and behold, though, the Fotizo Vet Care, I mean, I was, you know, gobsmacked, I think is the technical word, (laughs) because I could see her skin on her feet, literally the horrible crusty skin that no one had been able to get rid of for about 10 years was disappearing. It was literally becoming young, beautiful, soft, pink skin. Um, And her feet were also gaining shape again as proper paws. Also, any pain in her front feet disappeared. So she was really becoming quite sprightly again, which was wonderful to see. And so with Sherry, you know, I I delved deeper into um, red light therapy. I began to write about it at the time I was writing a column in a, in a Buckinghamshire and a glossy magazine and wrote about it. And Sherry was really chuffed with this article, you see, and, um, and sent the piece to Ruth Milner at um, uh, Daintree Health Products, who are the sole distributor of the Fotizo device in the UK. And that got a conversation, obviously, going with, with Ruth and the team. So I 
you know, agreed very excitedly to offer my services as being able to write a bit and my experience of using the, the device Votizo. Um, and spreading the word. Because putting this in context, this would have been in 2014, summer 2014. And the Fotizo unit had only just been launched in the UK a mm-hmm. year earlier. So it was still very, very new. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that really began my journey. Um, needless to say, when you see something work, you then know it works. <laughs> as simple as that. So and that um, led me to use Fotizo to learn more about it, learn how it can be used as a preventative tool for arthritis, for example. I then used it on Molly to help her spondylosis, and she she became so sprightly and well. It was um, fantastic. When my cat Gremlin got into um, a rather nasty situation. Um, The vet reckoned he'd got into a bit of an altercation with a couple of rats in uh, Buckinghamshire. (laughs) Um, Animal rats, I I should just (laughs) clarify. Uh, And he had a bit of an infection heading to his bone. Sherry came over as we lived, uh, as I mentioned, so close by. And she brought also blue light therapy with her that day, because blue light works very much kind of as a an antiseptic and the red light really works to reduce the inflammation also as an antiseptic in a way in that it promotes blood flow to the affected area and triggers oxygen to flow to the area as the blood flows to the area. So it reduces the pain and the inflammation and, and promotes natural healing mm-hmm. by sending, you know, the, um, the lymph cells, the, all of the lovely immune system to the area that needs to be healed. Needless to say, Gremlin made a, a full recovery of, of that injury. And latterly, on a couple of abscesses, Gremlin's had mm-hmm. also incurred from scrapping, you know, Gremlin by name, Gremlin by nature. <laughs> He's less <laughs> cat. Um, um, I have deployed my handy Fotizo device um, on a couple of other occasions where he's needed it. And yes, of course, he's made um, a remarkable recovery. Now, now, um, <laughs> bit of sound effects there. Yes. <laughs> that actually was Mr. Binks barking. Who, oh, bless. Who joined us when Molly, he's a, a rehomed English toy terrier mm. who has a has a degenerative condition called mm-hmm. leg calves Perth's disease, oh, wow. which is a structural, yeah, it's a structural yeah. disability where um, he has a calcium deficiency that targets the hip joints. Humans can get it too, actually, but it mm. generally affects small terriers um, or, or one of the breeds um, yeah. or, you know, that was, are affected. Yeah, he was just saying that you hadn't mentioned him yet. <laughs> you mentioned Molly and Gremlin. And- <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's going, well, what about me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so the thing is with Mr. Binks, um, he, I took him on at two and a half years old. And, well, you know, he arrived and I thought, Do you know what? There's something more about you that I don't know. Anyway, lo and behold, the next day he went for his checkup at the local vets. This is when I was in Buckinghamshire. And the vet rang me and said, anyway, what do you know about his back left leg? And I just said, oh, that he was overwalked as a puppy. 
Right, Anna. Well, I'm telling you now, um, I think you need to send this dog back before you get attached. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, well, he's only got one hip. I went, one hip? What do you mean? And he said, well, I mean, he's only got one hip. How has he only got one hip? Well, because his left hip joint was removed because he's got this condition, leg calcipers disease. So he was saying, you need to think of the implications here, that the other hip is bound to be affected. It's going to have to be removed. This is costly surgery. And so it went on. Anyway, I rang Sherry and Sherry said, for heaven's sake, my dear, listen, you know, we have the technology to fix him. Do not return him. Um, And anyway, long story short, obviously, he's still here. He's now nine. Um, He runs along on the Hackney Marshes where I'm living now back in Hackney in London. Yeah. <laughs> I went for a bit of a journey around the Shires um, <laughs> and um, to come back. <laughs> um, and he's very, very well. And he has not needed his other hip removed either, which is, um, I think, extremely interesting. Okay. Needless to say, we do Fotizo Red Light Therapy on uh, both of his hip areas Hmm. um every other day i would say i I do it and also i use um the fotizo to run down either side of his spine on a regular basis as all of your acupressure points you see these important points that feature as part of traditional chinese medicine all lie down the sides of your spine. So your liver point, your bladder point, your thyroid, the point for your lungs, for your heart, and so on. So it's for me, it's a lovely way of just making sure everyone's ticking along quite nicely, really, keeping all those points happy and well and functioning so that the whole dog in the holistic way uh, is kept um as happy and as well as 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 we can manage yes wow so that's incredible basically fotizo is helping all your animals isn't it oh it is and myself Hmm. um you know because of course needless to say on seeing how um it works so well on 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 my animals when i managed rather clumsily i must say to break my small my little toe in yoga it was really in silly. yoga in yoga wow, yeah, I know. That's going well i know but i fell out of a headstand really I awkwardly like i know wow. it can happen you know i yes. mean I'm, you know i'm not saying yoga is a dangerous thing at all and i oh, really no. urge every i i i champion yoga as being Absolutely. the one thing at the moment that's keeping me on the straight and narrow yes. actually yes. without it it's a wonderful discipline however yes. yes no i was really i panicked fell and and I don't know how it happened, but I kind of basically completely crumpled and managed to land on my toe. Very boring. But of course, you know, again, there's very little doctors can do when you break any toe, yes. let alone your little one. But oh my God, I mean, it was so large. I couldn't believe it. I mean, mm-hmm. My little toe became the size of about my foot and I couldn't oh. get into any. I was wearing wellies. I mean, it was just really. But yet again, you know, putting using Fotizo on it three times a day, um, the swelling did go down extremely quickly and um i was back doing yoga in about a week um and so and other things like you know twisted knee i've um helped with my fotizo vet care and um I also do use it on my face. As I said once to Sherry, you know, I can't believe 
what this has done for Molly's feet, you know, in terms of the crusty skin and turning it into fresh, youthful skin. Um, So I said, Sherry, you know, do you think I could use this on my face? And I remember Sherry's answer was, it won't hurt. (laughs) And I thought, hmm, you see, Sherry, I always thought I couldn't believe her age. Mm. And um, and I think I I know why. But um, so and and indeed, now Fotizo has expanded with a new human range of devices. One of which is an anti aging product. Funnily wow. enough, so yes, so there's and this is all you know so interesting to me because red light therapy basically embodies energetic healing and whilst you know a lot of people listening might go crumbs you know this is totally bonkers you know there's a lot <laughs> to be said you know for understanding the energy patterns in our body and how um we can trigger natural healing mm. energetically I mean, all of the disciplines, uh, including homeopathy, is based on um, stimulating the body energetically to heal itself. Yes, because, I mean, the body does have amazing ability to heal itself, as you say. And and if we can encourage, just channel that natural ability and and speed it up and, and, and strengthen it, then we're on to a winner, aren't we? Well, we are, you see, and it's it's also, you've got to remember, it's not new. Um, homeopathy, for example, um, as a medical discipline, has been around a lot longer, hundreds of years longer than conventional science medicine, you see. So, um, yeah, and it, it's a shame that even the word homeopathy now, you sort of almost, <laughs> you know, you're not allowed to say the word, mm. um, which I feel is a great shame as it's used in, you know, third world countries that can't afford pharmaceuticals it's used to great effect and um you know i hope that in this era where we've all gone through a massive shift change that you know other tools can be used i mean that's why my fascination for holistic medicine when i first got into it okay with richard allport um this was way back in 2010 when molly my first miniature bull terrier was diagnosed with suspected bladder cancer Hmm. okay following a raft of vaccinations actually and the vet in question not (laughs) uh reading her titer test results which um was, was a great shame as um she she wasn't well. So I demanded a referral to Richard Allport. And basically, it was at that point that the door opened me to pastures different, pastures mm-hmm. green and fresh, and also all of the tools available in this area that I I was new to. You know, at that point, I had no idea how homeopathy might even work. But I was just desperate to keep Molly with us. And indeed, I learned so much. I learned a lot about acupuncture, which um, connects in a way actually with Fotizo because Fotizo's light penetrates through the skin. And if you use it on the relevant acupressure points, as I mentioned, you are actually in a way working like acupuncture which, of course, is well known for its analgesic effects Mm -hmm. and indeed was offered um, by the NHS until only very recently. Uh, So, um, yes, yes, um, I I love it. I love herbs. I love homeopathy. I love red light. And and I I love the whole principles behind traditional Chinese medicine um, in terms of yin and yang 
hot and cold you know anxious and calm as it's all about opposites and balancing them and that's really what we're always looking for which is called homeostasis which is balance and if you have balance you can be what my father always used to say about me he said Anna for heaven's sake you should be cool calm and collected in every (laughs) situation you're in and you know not being that person by nature (laughs) you know it's kind of almost a bit of an irony me talking about balance (laughs) oh well look being the person you are has got you a long way in life so I I should stick with that it's okay (laughs) I don't know about that I love dogs dogs are my the only thing actually I've ever really been interested in and it began very early on as a child because my dad was the secretary of the Shropshire branch of the RSPCA when I was very young yeah like when I was about eight um, and so up until, you know, my mid-teens. So I learnt, um, he was a retired army officer, so he was doing it, you know, voluntarily, of course. But I, I learned a, a lot about animal cruelty um, at a very early age. And it definitely impacted, you see. And I was blessed that everyone, all our family, everybody had dogs. So I just became you know, so interested in dogs, you know, this was before the internet. So all my art projects, my English projects, every project always had the dog theme, any creative writing I had to do, you know, it was always about involving dogs. And all the books I read, they all had to have a dog in it, um, or I wouldn't read the books. um, So I built over the years, quite an enviable um, library of dog books, actually. And some of them, I'm, I'm sure, are worth quite a bit, actually. So that's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I might take them to the Antiques Roadshow one day. <laughs> well, you never know. You, <laughs> you never know. know. No. So that's sort of where it all began and um, yeah. hasn't really stopped. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. Obviously, Anna is a big red light therapy fan. And if you're a big Anna Webb fan, you can find out more about her at her website, annaweb.co.uk. And she has a podcast, A Dog's Life, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Yaz Porritt owns and runs Yorkshire Pooches. And she uses red light therapy with clients as well as her own dogs and other animals. I'm trained in canine Mauritia massage. Hmm. So it's a certain branch of massage, which is a combination of Swedish and sports massage responding to the behavioral cues of the dog. So it's very much the dog sets the pace of the session. Wonderful. Um, the three branches of work that are kind of like categorize is predominantly I deal with pain management. Hmm. So that could be recovering from surgery. It can be um, management of uh, chronic condition, hip dysplasia looks at patella elbow dysplasia things like that i've got my canine athletes as well so that's me working gun dogs me canny cross dogs the same as we look after human athletes we've got to do the same with our dogs so i do a little bit of maintenance work with them and then i've got another portion of work which is like the emotional well-being side so um i work a lot with romanian rescue dogs and it you can tailor the massage depending on what category that falls into. And sometimes those categories will cross over. I mean, if you've ever had an injury that you're rehabbing from, it can be very deflating. Um, so it'll be a mixture of pain management plus a little bit of emotional well-being. And then as the rehab continues, a little bit of conditioning, which is your canine athlete sort of work. So yeah, mixed bag. And then of course I have my Fatiza, 
which is pretty much, I use, I'd say 95% of the dogs that come through the door, I, I use for teaser with wow. them. Wow, yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, really, when, when dogs come to you, it's like, I was thinking it's like a spa day, but it's more than a spa day because it's sort of, <laughs> it's, it's helping them feel good physically and mentally. And it's just, wow, amazing. They must love coming to you. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think, you know, sometimes people, you know, roll their eyes and oh, massage for dogs, but it's not just, you know, the spa day. I mean, of course, you know, when we go for a spa day and we have like, you know, like neck and shoulder back mm. massage, something like that, you walk out and you're feeling really good. You're feeling really relaxed. Of course, I can apply that to a dog. But the main thing really is it's got, it's got to be the pain management side yes. of things yeah. um, and rehabbing a dog. I mean, if we take massage back right back to its kind of principal foundation, all I'm doing is increasing blood circulation. When we increase blood circulation to a certain area, we're drawing attention to that area for the body to send nutrients through, you know, warm blood and um, mm. to pick up any rubbish, your lactic acid, scar tissue, things like that. And then helping the body flush it away. Cause um, at the end of the day, we're just facilitators of healing it's the body that does all the work it's incredible yes it is it is and and if we can help that process happen and Mm. and and strengthen it it, it's all to the good yeah so tell me about the conditions and and illnesses and whatever that you would use fatizo with with your fatizo you are looking to regenerate cellular health right Mm. using the led beam now when i my kind of first protocol with fatigue is any inflammatory conditions Mm. so that would be yeah as i explained the hip dysplasia luxating patella elbow dysplasia very very common also spinal conditions such as ivdd as well it's a nice way to start work on an area of the body that the dog might not be comfortable having manipulated at that point yeah so if you've got a very sore area if you go for a massage you go oh i've just i'm a little bit tight in my neck can you just go a bit steady there Whereas with a dog, they can't tell you that. I mean, they do, but they don't tell you verbally. You've got to really um, be conscious of their body language, look at what areas they're presenting. And if they're not ready for for full-on, you know, hand contact with that area, that's where the fatizo comes in. The fatizo, um, you know, it's got a little bit of heat to it. um, So it means that it can start healing and start softening that muscle in preparation for me coming in and doing that soft tissue manipulation. So I first, so some dogs um, are completely fine with the fatigue going straight onto the skin. You don't have to apply any pressure with it, which is the greatest joy, Um, especially when you're healing wounds and things like that. You can Mm -hmm. start working at a distance and kind of, you know, bring the fatigue in a little bit closer. So the fatigue can start working, warm that area up a little bit, make it a little bit more receptive to work, and then I can go in and try with my hands. So it's predominantly the the inflammation side of things that I'd start with because with any musculoskeletal condition like hip dysplasia or luxating patella, you're looking to have a secondary osteoarthritis. Again, yeah. massive, massive inflammatory condition that is heavily unrecognized in dogs. Um, the last statistic that I read was 80% of dogs over the age of eight are suffering with arthritis, which wow. can be secondary to an injury or to a condition. Um, so, and Fatiza just works beautifully alongside managing those conditions yeah yeah and I mean my my Labrador he had a tiny bit of arthritis mm-hmm. and you know and I thought he was just slowing down with with age and I wish I'd known more about arthritis beforehand and I could have made various adjustments for him 
but he also had a degenerative spine condition. Mm. And again, that was horrible to see that affecting him. And so treatments like this that will help the dog deal with any pain they're experiencing and, and make the owner empower the owner i guess to to feel that they are actually doing something actively to help their dog it's just win-win isn't it yeah 100 percent. i think with the joy with the fatiza is is that you know it's it's not rocket science it's all pre-programmed you've got you know minimal chance of causing any pain you don't have to apply any pressure yeah um, i have a i have a unit for in clinic and i have a unit that i rent out to customers um to say look just try it for a week if i'm if i'm struggling to you know the, the dog's only with me for an hour yeah um and if i'm struggling to kind of get to the root cause i'll go right just try this at home for a week fill your boots see how you get on and I remember one customer I sent away with it and, the, and they brought it back the next week. And I said, oh, how did you get on with it? It was like, oh, I've ordered one. <laughs> like, oh, is that, that good, huh? But it's it's so easy to use. It's all pre-programmed and everything. So it allows, like you said, it empowers owners to be proactive when caring for, for their animal. Because I think sometimes you can, if you're managing, you know, a chronic um, issue it can be quite deflating for the caregiver you have a yeah. sense of hopelessness sometimes you don't know whether what you're doing is you know impeding on that recovery but actually the fatiza is just such a win-win I've used it um kind of across species as well dogs I use it with my own guinea pigs mm. um and I've, I've used it on my bird I've used it on myself when I broke my finger um so yeah. it's, it, and as well it provides that acute pain relief mm. once you've administered that time dose because it's like giving the cells an energy drink and getting everyone judging and you know ready to work and ready to repair it provides that natural pain relief and non-invasive as well that's yeah. that's the joy of it yeah it sounds wonderful and I mean pain management with whether it's a, with a chronic condition or after surgery or you know an injury it's so important because you know yourself if you've got pain it just takes over your head and all you can think about is the you know the toothache or the headache or the whatever it is and so it must be the same for our animals and and to as you say they can't say to you excuse me this is hurting this particular bit is hurting so you know I think it's marvelous that to give them that quality of life and to take that pain away or to ease the pain it, it's a wonderful thing isn't it yeah pain management is um like I said big big part of um, the work that I do mm. but also educating owners on the more subtler signs of pain mm. so things like oh he's just been grumpy he won't jump into the car and I'm like mm, actually yeah <laughs> he's telling yeah. you that he's you know there's been a change in capability there he's uncomfortable with that you know dogs don't do things to spite us or to be stubborn yeah there's usually yeah. a reason behind that and um one research paper that I read that said that 80 percent of behavior changes can be linked back to pain wow how crazy is that that is that's, such a yeah. staggering statistic so that's i do a lot of content on my social media just about pain and getting people yes. spotting those signs you know changes in coat for example noise sensitivity can sometimes be linked back to pain so that's what i waffle on about a yeah. lot <laughs> yeah. it's so important i mean yeah i remember years ago when we had my daughter's dog star who's a bichon frise as a as a puppy mm-hmm. and she was spayed and they didn't give i mean as i say this was years and years ago and a different vet and a different even geographical area but yeah, yeah. 
she wasn't given enough painkiller. And so she was clearly in pain, whining and really sorry for herself. Mm -hmm. And we took her back and said, look, please give her more pain relief. And he sort of said to her, oh, you're not the bravest dog, are you? And I'm thinking, you stupid man. I really had to hold it in. And I just thought, you stupid man. Because what's, first of all, what's brave to a dog? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what on earth are you talking about? And why on earth should she be brave? Because clearly, if she's in pain, I need need to deal with that. I don't want her to lie there thinking, I'm not going to tell you this. I'm not going to make any noise. You know, I want to know and I want to deal with it. But yeah, that's a horrible attitude. So we're at a different vet now. But, uh, yeah, but <laughs> I'm that, glad. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. But that really taught me the importance of, I think it was Debbie Connolly said to me at the time, always ask for extra painkiller. When you take an animal yeah. home after surgery, ask for extra painkiller because they're going to need it. You do it for yourself, wouldn't you? So do yeah, it for absolutely. animal, definitely. Oh, gosh. And I yeah. think I think with dogs as well, you know, they don't know that, you know, if they're in pain, they can, you know, nip to nip to boots and get yeah. you know, some painkillers over the counter. They cub because they have no other choice. Yes. And I just think that is like, you know, it, it really hits home for me. I see a lot of dogs in clinic that are in pain, but obviously that owner has spotted something's not right. They've gone to the vets, got consent to come and have some therapy alongside conventional medicine. But it's, it's the dogs that are walking around the street that are lame or when people go oh it's it's just a limp and I'm thinking if you'd stubbed your toe right this is how I explain to people if you'd stubbed your toe it hurts but it doesn't warrant you not using your whole leg yeah does it yeah no how bad does it have to be for that dog to continually limp you know yeah, and by yeah. the time something like that is is presenting that pain could have been there for quite a while so it's so important that we've got to be more observant of our dogs because we cannot underestimate what they will do to please the owner you know they'll just they'll just muddle on and they'll just carry on when actually there's lots that we can be doing whether that's conventional medicine so that's your your non-steroidal drugs um and all the other things that kind of accompany that to create a multimodal pain management so you've got your fatizo you've got massage therapy hydrotherapy chiropractor um you know there's there's a there's a great big team of people out there and it's about finding the right therapist for you finding the right equipment finding the right vet to get the best outcome for the dog to ensure that their quality of life is really good yeah absolutely definitely and I mean you saying that they'll they'll cope with pain I remember when we had a border collie I was, it was early days and I wasn't quite sure of his recall and I took him onto um, a tennis court that was at the the field opposite the, the house and threw the tennis ball for him and he chased it and ran back and chased it and ran back and then I saw some blood on the floor as he sort of skidded back. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I looked at his paws and he'd skinned them, you know, chasing the ball and skidding to a stop. And, oh, my goodness, I felt awful. And obviously we stopped at that point and went home and dealt with his feet. But he hadn't made a noise. He hadn't yelped. He hadn't shown me in any way that he was in pain. He'd sort of, yeah, I'm going to carry on with the game. I want to find the ball. And so, you know, it's incredible what they will not react to for for the motivation you know and I felt dreadful so we really need to be aware don't we definitely 100% and I think with with things like ball chasing you you're playing into a dog's prayer drive you know mm. they are it's you know it's in their blood it's in their dna they they want to chase so if we throw a ball you know 20 times not only you know can injury occur yeah. so in that instance you know your dog skinned its pulse and it's still carried on that can still happen when a dog's you know running on grass you know you have your risk of cruciate injuries because the the issue with throwing a ball and <laughs> anyone that's going to listen to this and has listened to my story 
stood before knows how much I despise ball flingers. Mm. Um, and I call myself the fun police, right? Because, <laughs> like, because it is, it's like, oh, yes, give over, give it a rest. But <laughs> honestly, like when you slow it down and you look yes. at what that dog's body is going through when they're chasing that ball, you use a ball flinger and the ball is picking up a lot of speed, going a lot further. And like you said, they skid to a stop. Yeah. If they're on grass, you know, those legs are going everywhere. It's the short, sharp stop. And yeah. that, you know, it adds extra concussive forces into the joints. And the dog will keep going and going and going. Yeah. And people think, you know, if you go to the park, throw the ball 20 times, they oh, they'll tire them out. But actually, you're making a very badly conditioned athlete, especially if you're doing that every single day. Yeah. So I try and encourage people to put the ball flinger down. If your dog loves a ball, which, you know, most of the population's dog loves a ball, you know, just try hiding it in long yeah, grass. Get your absolutely. dog to use the olfactory system. Yes. Much less pressure on the body. If you absolutely have to throw it, make sure that your dog has had a, a warm-up. It doesn't have to be anything extensive, just a nice 10-minute brisk walk on a lead. Give a quick rub down all over, a nice little bit of effleurage, um, a couple of stretches, and then, you know, do like five throws of the ball and then call it quits. You know, it's yeah. people take it to the point of point of extreme and that's where your injuries occur. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. Hide the ball. Um, I was saying that hide the ball and get them to sniff. And obviously yeah. the sniffing tires them out, it gives them mental exercise. And mm-hmm. the other thing that I found is if you get them this is what I progressed through with the board with progressed to and with the border collie was getting him to sit beside me and watch the ball as I threw it and then go after it. And again, the self-control that you're teaching and, you know, it's such a a valuable lesson, so much more than just, well, there's the ball, go and get it, you know, run after it. It's, it's, um, Mm -hmm. but again, you don't, you don't go to that straight away. Do you? you have to learn these things? Yeah, and it's um, it's that mental stimulation, just having a dog just to be able to be still. Yes. You know, it can be really difficult for some dogs. So even just sitting there waiting, it's that, that impulse control, which then again, if you're training that behavior as part of a reward, that behavior will then bleed into other behaviors. So, yes. you know, when they go to the vet, they are more steady and they will sit still. When they go to the therapist, they are a little bit more steady and they can just be still and be present in that moment you know yeah. so it's it's a win-win for me <laughs> absolutely absolutely you're, you're preaching to the choir <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, brilliant so I mean when you you've you talked about canine athletes mm-hmm. you, you can treat them now presumably sometimes that's because they have picked up an injury but sometimes I imagine it's just nice for them to come to you because their their body works hard and they want a bit of you know as you said just to, to ease their bodies yeah, 100%. I think with, um, say, for example, gun dogs, if you've ever been out on a, on a day's shoe, the, it is absolute, like, it's like organised chaos, right? Mm-hmm. There's dogs flying around and the, the amount of strain and pressure um that goes through these dogs bodies like it's hard work what they yeah. do you know they're they're picking up a lot of birds on on a day's shoot you know for anything from 40 birds to 400 as part of a team of dogs yeah. you know mm-hmm. so when i when i work on gun dogs you know these dogs are stacked they have got a lot of muscle they are very very strong however they're, you know, they're, they're really tight, you know, they're, they're rock hard like a brick, you know, when I'm going into the muscle and it's like it gets to a point where 
yes, the muscle mass is there, but actually if you've not conditioned that dog and looked after it in the process of building that muscle, an issue can be right at the base and the belly of that muscle that will, you know, rear its head up at some point. So it's important that you're just checking in with a manual therapist, whether it's physio, chiro, massage, anything like that, just to make sure that everything's moving as it should be, especially with your working dogs, very similar to the tennis ball. We can't underestimate what dogs will do and what pain they will push through in order to do the do- uh, sorry in order to do the job that they've been you know trained to do yeah um so with your gun dogs i mean the another kind of coming back to the fatiza i love the fatiza because it's chargeable handheld you can put it in your pocket you know even when i go out with my own dogs you know they're not working dogs they're pet dogs but if we go on a you know a massive adventure walk i've got the fatiza in my backpack any slips trips or bumps you know if anything happens it's there i can just quickly get it out um if not as part of the cool down at the end of the walk they have the stretches and then they have a little session with the fatiza it's just so easy to implement it even into your pet's life or your working dog's life so if i was to go on a shoot and i mean obviously we can't at the moment with covid restrictions but it's 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 in my pocket so i can just quickly administer a little bit of led therapy into a certain area that i'm you know a little bit concerned about or even just to help prep that warm-up you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And how do you find that the dogs react to, I mean, when when you get the device out, do they kind of react to it? So I think it's, um, it's really important that you allow the dog to sniff and have a look, you know, before you start, you know, putting the fatiza on the back or, you know, where they can't see it. So make mm. sure that they're familiar with it, with the scent of it. So when you turn the fatiza on, it beeps. Um, and if you listen very carefully, I mean, if you're on a day shoot, you probably wouldn't hear it. But in a clinic setting, you can hear it. As the frequency changes during the 30 second timing, it's like um, it's almost like a little hum that it emits and the the frequency of that hum changes as the led light changes Hmm. i'd say most dogs as long as you turn that teaser on and just leave it next to them not touching them so they can go oh it beeps oh it Hmm. makes noise all right okay just allow them to process it 98 percent of the dogs that i work with are completely fine with it as soon as they know all right it does that yeah. then they're quite happy for me to work anywhere with the fatiza. Mm. Um, I've even used it, you know, in dogs' ears, dogs that have got, um, say, recurring ear infections, say that the owners have just cleaned all their ears out, just give it a quick little blast with fatiza in the ear mm-hmm. um, and on the outside of the ear as well, just to kind of encourage that healing process. And they're completely fine with it because they're wow. you know familiar with it. I've got a couple of dogs that are just like, whoa, no, I'm not. I'm not cool with that. Actually, that noise Ooh. is too much. But those dogs are already very nervous, noise sensitive dogs. Yeah. So ninety eight percent are not even bothered. I can, you know, they'll fall asleep whilst I'm using it because <laughs> um, it's very common for dogs to fall asleep when Aww. they're having the massage session, which is lovely. So oh it's yeah. A really, it's a really um, special moment that that dog trusts in the work yes. that I'm doing, and they're comfortable with their surroundings. That they're like, do you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna snooze for the next half hour. I'm like, fill your boots means I can do more <laughs> if you're not, if you're not really. Yes. But um. Yeah, I'd say if you do have a dog that is noise sensitive or or anything like that, um, or just a bit of a nervous dog anyway, 
just you know find your local fatizo practitioner and just say can we just test it and just see just see how they react to it most dogs you can condition to being okay around it but just you know there's always going to be that those couple that just don't quite sit well with it so you can never make that skin to skin contact sorry skin to fatizo contact you know you have to work an inch away from the skin but some dogs are hypersensitive like that especially if you're dealing with um neuropathic pain as well um very they're very sensitive around um their sense of space and stuff so the fatigues have been an inch away is enough but anymore would be too much yeah yeah it, it, it sounds an amazing therapy thank you ever so much for that that's really been really informative and and, and uh, interesting is there anything else that you'd like to say Oh, I always have a lot to say. um, (laughs) (laughs) I think the message that I'd love to get out to people is be observant of your dog with regards to pain. Um, I have a lot of content on my social media to um, help people spot the subtler signs of pain. So, you know, you can you can check that out. And also, if you're in doubt, make sure you go to the vet. Another kind of one of my passions is so my my big passion is pain management. My other big passion is species appropriate nutrition. And how the, you know, what we fuel our dog with has a direct impact on their musculoskeletal health. Mm-hmm. So I'd, in, you know, encourage people to make sure they're having a look at what they're putting in the dog's bowl. And also if they have any questions, they can speak to me or a canine nutritionist. And don't throw balls with ball flingers. Yes. That would be my other thing. <laughs> that would be my yeah. other thing. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think that's about it. That's that, Those are my normal little things I stand on my soapbox about. <laughs> <laughs> but if we don't advocate for them, you know, who will? Exactly. You've got to, you know, you've got to. Well, and I think as well, you don't know things initially, obviously. And so, for example, I learned about you don't throw sticks for dogs. Okay, you don't throw sticks. Right, I'll get, I'll get a ball. I get a ball flinger. And then you start to think, oh, actually, hang on. And you learn more and more as you go along. Um, of course. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I had a ball flinger mm. when, you know, before I trained and it was when I trained, I was like, oh, what have you done? Like, but <laughs> you, you can only do the best you can with the knowledge you have at the yes. time. So, yeah. you know, if you if you learn more, just just change your behaviours. You know, you can't you can't beat yourself up about no. choices or anything like that. You did the best you could with the information you had at the time. So, you know, I don't sit on my high horse telling people, oh, I would have never used a ball flinger because I'd be telling a lie cause I yes. because they're in pet shops, you know? So it's mm. like, oh, of course, of course it's safe. So, yeah, we've yeah. got to be an advocate for your dog and um, my phrase is be your dog's champion yeah no one else will be it's got it's got to come it's got to come from you you know yeah. unless you spot those changes in your dog no one else is going to say anything so um it's really important to be their champion and yeah. be their advocate as you say absolutely absolutely agree it sounds like your social media and website have got a lot of information that people can you know benefit from so mm-hmm. how do where do people find out more about you online so um, I'm predominantly on Instagram and Facebook. You can look me up on Yorkshire Pooches uh, Therapies. If you just put in Yorkshire Pooches Therapies on Instagram, it'll come up. Um, it'll be a picture of my beagle Snoopy. Oh. And um, there's my website as well, which is yorkshirepooches.co.uk. I've got a couple of blogs on there, still more to add, but I'm forever drowning in paperwork. So it's one <laughs> of those things that I need to get around to. But there's some um, starter, you know, information on there as well. And of course, just give me a shout. You know, if if, you, if you've got any questions or anything, just drop me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Oh, brilliant. I tell you what, just before we go then, tell me a bit more about Snoopy. 
Oh, Snoopy. Well, sadly, he, he actually passed away um, a few years ago, but it was him that started my journey yeah. into holistic medicine, complementary therapies and stuff. You know, we went the conventional route and it was after he passed, I realised that actually potentially that wasn't the greatest choice for him. So that's when I started on my journey with canine massage. I then fell into raw nutrition and herbal medicine, homeopathic medicine and things like that. So yeah, he's he's kind of, you know, what sent my business on its way. And I think with the more kind of like pet professionals I speak to in the uh, holistic sector everyone has that one dog or that one cat that that changed everything for them and it's Snoopy that drives my passion to teach people about different ways to look after their animals because you know of course conventional medicine works brilliant for for a lot of animals but I think people don't know that they actually have there's other choices out there so it's not a case of you know we're better because we're holistic that's not at all it's making sure that people know that you know you have these options as well and choosing what's best for the pet that's in front of you because you know the pet better than anyone else um but just knowing what your options are means that you can make informed decisions yeah Absolutely. I mean, to, to go back to that toolbox analogy, you can't fix everything with a with a spanner. Sometimes you need a hammer or a screwdriver or, you know, it's it, the 100%. more tools you've got, the more um, strategies you've got, the better chance you've got of, um, of, of, you know, helping your dog. And I absolutely identify with that, you know, there's, there's one dog or one cat or whatever it is that set you on your path. And for me, that was Buddy, because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now. I'd be, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be doing a job I hated <laughs> without Buddy, um, <laughs> because he, he just opened this door for me. So, you know, he was brilliant. But yeah, yeah. We, it's that one dog and they change your life, don't they? 100%. I think Snoopy is, you know, with every conversation that I have with the pet owner to make, you know, uh, more informed decisions about their dog's health care, um, it's, it's all for him. It's all for him. Yeah. It just, you know, I wasn't my eyes weren't open to kind of any of this really. So this is why, you know, doing podcasts like you're doing is just so important to get the information out there, get people talking and being yeah. more proactive with the with the dog's healthcare. We have all the links mentioned in today's show on the Dogcast Radio site, dogcastradio.com. And I hope that has got you thinking and talking about your dog's health and well-being and the possibilities of red light therapy as an addition to your current regime. There's no Dogcast Radio news today because Jenny is hard at work revising for exams, but hopefully she'll be with us again next time. For those who don't know, Jenny's at university studying for a degree in animal behaviour and welfare. Keep your fingers crossed for her, please, that these exams go well. That's it for this time. Until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident dogcastradio. That's all one word, dogcastradio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny.
A friend of mine wanted to start collecting dogs, so I gave him a couple of pointers.